The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The Lord replied, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to this small berry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your servants, who had just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, Come here immediately and take your place at table? Would he not rather say to him, Prepare something for me to eat. Put on your apron and wait on me while I eat and drink. You may eat and drink when I am finished. Is he grateful to that servant because he did what was commanded? So should it be with you. When you have done all you have been commanded, say what an unprofitable servant. We are unprofitable servants. We have done what we were obliged to do. The Gospel of the Lord. I praise God to see so many of you here. I wasn't expecting, or I didn't know what to expect, because remember last night we had our parish family picnic, and we had a great turnout, so I was thinking, gosh, how many people are going to show up today for Mass? 20? 25? And so it was great to see so many faces. So last night we had our, our parish family picnic, and again, same thing, I didn't, I had no, we had no idea how many people were going to come. Because especially we've, it's been a couple years since the pandemic, since we've gathered together as a parish family in a, in a picnic-style setting. And so I thought maybe two, three hundred would be a, considered a good day. Over 700 of us came out. So it was so beautiful to see everybody. And especially now, you might start seeing around Vacaville bright blue hats with gold lettering that says St. Mary's on it. We made 600 hats as a gift to the parish, and so we passed them all out. So you start seeing them walking around, uh, around Vacaville now when you go to Costco, I'm sure. So, uh, so you start seeing your parishioners. It was a beautiful evening. Bishop Soto came to be the main celebrants. Us priests were gathered along with the deacons. And of course, the, the, vac, uh, the mayor of Vacaville also came. They gave a proclamation to the community thanking St. Mary's for 75 years of service to the, to the community. And it was a beautiful sight. And especially if you were up on the stage where we had set up the altar, when you looked up from that perspective to the wide crowd of over 700 people, as I looked at everybody, I asked myself a, a question. Is any of this worth it? Is it worth it? 132 of our kids were there, or in confirmation program. I say kids, but teenagers. They were there, along with their families as well, as part of the, the parish family picnic. And I, I was looking at them, I asked the same question. I said, Lord, is it worth it? Because if we do our job well, myself along with our faith formation staff, we're striving 
to deepen the faith of all of those confirmation teens, and along with everybody at that parish festival, in order to grow deeper in our Catholic faith, to grow deeper in love with our Lord, and to, to fortify them in the faith, to make them disciples of Jesus Christ. Because if, again, if we do our job well, and we send them out into the world, especially back to their schools, how do you think they will be received? Freaks. Oh, they will be freaks. All of you in here, do you realize you are a minority? You are a freak to the world if you are a faithful, church-going Catholic. I was talking to one of the families yesterday at the parish family picnic. They have three kids in one of the public schools here. A preteen, the youngest girl, and then two teenagers. The youngest girl has a beautiful Catholic tradition. She, before she sits down on, on the table and eats her lunch, she prays first. She makes the sign of the cross before every meal. One of the staff members of the school runs up to her. I'm, sure not, I'm not sure if it's just uh, one of the staff in the cafeteria or one of the teachers or one of the chaperones. Runs up to her and says, to, You can't do that here. You can't display your faith like that. <laughs> this little, I say little girl again, she's 12. <laughs> she says, If I don't bless myself, I won't be glorifying God. I want to keep praying, she says. Her older brothers, now, along with their friends, our Catholic kids, before lunch, they have to go into the bathroom to pray. Because they are ridiculed and punished. Because they are Catholic. It doesn't stop there. This mother of this family is called into a parent-teacher meeting for the great crime because of, on their homework assignments of the kids, the little girl, 11-year-old, on her homework assignments, she draws a cross with flowers on a mountain. Teacher throws it on the desk. Did you tell your daughter to draw this? The oldest, or the middle son, 15. In one of the homework assignments, he is asked, What do you love the most? And what he said, I love God the most. His teacher throws a homework assignment on the ground. On the desk. Did you tell your son to write this? Freaks! We are. 
And so the question now, is any of this worth it? St. Paul would know something about this in the second letter we heard from today. It's the second letter he writes to Timothy. The context of this letter is that Paul is in the city of Rome. He's been arrested now for the second time. So he's sitting in his jail cell in Rome, and as he's sitting in his jail cell, he's still trying to coordinate the missionary activities of the church. So he would write letters. This is where the epistles come from. The letter to the Ephesians, to Timothy. So this is where Paul is writing. And what's happening here is, so, so St. Paul, now he's in prison. Why? Because he's a freak. He's a follower of Jesus. And if you're a follower of Jesus for the first 300 years, you are illegal. We could not exist as a church for the first 300 years. It would take the Edict of Milan in the year 310 before we could exist legally. So the first 300 years, we were a persecuted religion. And St. Paul, now arrested because he proclaimed Jesus Christ, he's writing a letter to Timothy. And at this point, Paul, he has been imprisoned, he's been abandoned by his friends, and also there are teachers filtering themselves in the churches that are teaching incorrect doctrines, contrary to what's been handed down from the apostles. And so Paul here is in prison and he's writing letters, he's abandoned, he's in prison, and he's writing to, the, to, the, to Timothy these beautiful words. And it could be applied to that family in our public school. I remind you, Paul writes, stir into the flame the gift of God that you have through the imposition of my hands. Do not give the spirit, for God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a power and love. Do not be ashamed of your testimony to our Lord. Bear your share of hardships for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. Here is Paul now writing again, with the entire Roman Empire against him. Reminding us of the spirit that you and I have that was given to us at our baptism. That was given to those kids in that public school. Which is one of the reasons, you know, when we were planning the parish family picnic, part of the rationale, at least in my own thinking, was that I wanted to gather us together as a family. Because I know you are a freak especially when you go out into the world in, in your workplaces, count yourself, wherever you work, how many practicing faithful Catholics are in that room? You have three heads if you're a faithful Catholic. And so I wanted to gather us together as a parish family that picnic to show that we are not alone. How often do we feel alone because we are faithful followers of Jesus Christ, believers of the church's teaching, especially against the cultural inroads that are happening now? Oh, if you believe in the church's teachings, you are a freak. 
If you uphold the sanctity of human life from conception until natural death, freak. If you believe in the 2,000-year definition of what marriage is, you're a freak. And I wanted to show we are not alone. But oftentimes we feel like Habakkuk in the first reading today. How long, O Lord, I cry for help, but you do not listen. I cry out to you violence, but you do not intervene. I see ruin and destruction are all before me. Oh, how alone Habakkuk must have felt. Ah, but he does not give in. You see, whenever our Lord now in the gospel speaks of the word of faith, when the apostles ask him, Lord, give us faith, the Greek word there, or the Hebrew word, is enumach. It's an act of the will. A person with faith stands resolute even when the winds and the forces are against him or her. When everything seems dark and crashing around it, you know what the faithful Christian says? I will not move. Regardless of the gates of hell come crashing on my head. And umah means to have faith and trust in God when everything tells me around me to think otherwise. That is what faith is. So my brothers and sisters, fellow freaks, stay faithful to Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church's teachings. I'm unashamed of anything the church teaches. I don't care what the world says. What does the world give us anyway? Nothing. So let me ask you, if we can ask St. Paul the same question. Paul, is any of this worth it? What do you think St. Paul would say?